Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome back to the Making Headway Podcast. This is just Aaron. Um, Mariah and I, um, for anyone who's been listening to a while, to this for a while and heard our episode 39, we mentioned that we we're going on a break for the summer. We just, I mean, we are, we're two people that just do this because we like to do it. And it was taking up an inordinate amount of time. Not that it wasn't time well spent, but we needed to listen to ourselves and really take some time to rest. And we still are doing that, um, which is why Mariah is not with me today. But um, I've been going through a lot with my brain injury and this community has helped me so much. Um, you know, whether people know it or not, just the fact that we've been able to record episodes and hear different viewpoints on ways to recover, different um, resources that are available to everyone, self-advocacy, all of that, you know, I would not have learned had we not done this. So I'm so, so grateful for Making Headway Podcast and all the people we've met through it. Um, Big shout out to Joe Borges of the NeuroNerds, if you guys haven't listened to him. Um, Joe really does so rock, even if his Instagram says that, um, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is, I guess, so to speak. And, um, he, he is a great support. Um, so yeah, just people like that, that we've met through this whole thing is amazing. So long story short, this is going to be a very different episode if it even makes it to air at all. Um, maybe I'm just ranting, who knows? Um, but if, this is something that could be helpful to anybody. I wanted to at least try to record an episode and just see what we get. So that being said, um, there's no big roll up. There's no introduction for guests. Um, all the normal stuff I feel like I should be doing right now, I'm not doing because I'm just going to keep talking and try not to get too excited. Um, that's been an issue for me lately. So I guess let's back up. Let's slow it down. Um, I kind of just spit a bunch of stuff out. Um, you know, I really, I want to get to where I'm at in my journey, but before I even get there, I want to preface some things that I've been learning, um, throughout my recovery and probably life lessons that maybe some of you were fortunate enough to learn before age 37, having a career and a husband and a life, um, that I just didn't pick up until recently. So this whole idea of podcasting is amazing because we're able to reach out to other people and really help others, but it is not intended to be a platform for Mariah or myself or any of our guests to get on and to preach. Um, We're not here to tell you what you should do. Um, I, I know I don't appreciate preaching in my life, so I don't want to ever come off with that. Um, so if you're listening to this and it feels preachy, turn it off. This isn't for you. (laughs) Um, and I'll try my best to not ever come off that way. Um, you know, I've learned a lot through my life coach. Her name is Joanne Susie. She has an episode on this show, which I'll put in the show notes. She is my life coach. That sounds so weird to say, because I've always made fun of people who feel like they need a coach to get out through life, but that was before my brain injury. Now I think everybody needs a coach to get through life. Um, Different topic though. Uh, I met her through the brain injury community. I actually attended a support group virtually, um, which is the nice, one of the only nice things about COVID is 
for those of us who are brain injured and can't drive and don't have the luxury of a free schedule all day, every day, um, there are support groups virtually that you can attend at any state. So I went to the Massachusetts um, support group, uh, Brain Injury Association support group. I think they call, they have a name they call themselves. It escapes me, but they, they're for like minor brain injuries is what they call themselves. And um, Joanne Susie was on it and talked some and I learned so much from her and I read her book and got her on the podcast. Anywho, again, bunny trail. The reason I bring her up, she really taught me about this whole idea of shoulds and needing and wanting and just kind of feeling like there's this rule book you need to follow. Um, she represented that in a really unique way. And the way she describes it is all that stuff, like when you when you feel like you should be doing something or that there's a rule somewhere that you should be following, that's your ego talking. Um, our body's pretty much made up of two pieces, or our mind, I should say. Our ego if, and then our higher self, our spiritual self. So your ego is there, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the you. It's the you on this planet. It's the human version of yourself. Um, it's there to protect you. And a lot of the times those voices that you hear from should and could be or would be or all that stuff um, is just your mind kind of putting out, this is how you've experienced this in the past. And this is how you should do it again, because in the past you got this result and it worked. So it really, you know, it can be a good thing, but a lot of the times it's kind of keeps you stuck and keeps you from exploring other options and being aware of it. So our higher self is, you know, some people call that God, some people call it the Holy Spirit, some people might call it um, um Buddha or something. I don't know a lot about religion, so I have a hard time saying what everyone would call it. Um, but whatever you call it, the universe, whatever, your intuition, um, that side is that kind of higher self, that more let's explore what really feels good and let's be open to different options. So if we get bogged down in all the shoulds and the coulds and the woods and the blah, 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 then you can sometimes be limiting yourself to an experience that could be much larger. So that's one big lesson that I've learned um, through my brain injury journey. And sorry, I felt kind of ranty there. But um, and I if you know, it takes me a while to get to the point. But that's one of my first lessons. If you or someone you know, is struggling to recover after brain injury, like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. So another lesson that I've learned is the art of being slow. And I've hesitated to talk about a lot of these things because I am in no way a master of my craft. I I'm learning. I'm an infant. I'm uh, that little caterpillar crawling in the dirt. I'm trying to figure out, trying to get my wings and grow. Um, I've learned, you know, we've really like sitting and reflecting, I think is what I mean by being slow. 
Physically, a lot of us are slow now. Mentally, a lot of us are slow now. Cognitively, a lot of us are slow now. That's the sucky part about brain injury, right? It really changes kind of who you are and how you act. But it also gives us the opportunity to really look at how we can make being slow work for us. And for me, it's been that kind of sitting back and trying to reflect more on A, like what is it that really deserves my time? Do I have time? Like, do I have energy? I guess is a better word than time. Do I have energy to take this thing on? And then prioritizing those things. Um, you know, for a long time, people would say, you need to rest, you need to rest. So to me, that felt like, okay, I need to take everything that's on my plate, put it in the fridge for now, and then I'll take it out for leftovers later. Um, it's kind of a weird analogy I just came up with. But basically, to me, resting was, okay, I'm going to put all this stuff in this cupboard, but eventually it needs to come out or it's going to get moldy and have an issue and I'm going to have to take care of it anyway. So I might as well just take care of it now, um, which just isn't, it's not a great way to be. Um, so that's another big skill that I've been learning with Joanne again, um, is how to really look at the different projects, the different steps involved, and then writing it down. She has me write each project on a separate sheet of paper. I write it down. And then I put it away in my drawer or a folder or a notebook or whatever it is. But it can't be in my face. It can't be out on my desk. I can't see it. Then I take a breather. I Maybe I need to go take a break. Maybe I go to email or something else at work. Um, and then I come back to it and really narrow down first what things need to stay. Um, what sheets of paper do I need to keep? Which ones need to be thrown away? And that's a project for someone else. And you have to figure out a professional way to get through that. The things that stay, though, I then look at what dates are they actually due because I'm an overachiever. Um, I know Mariah says that a lot, but I am a closeted overachiever type A. I like to try to come off as type B, but I'm not. Um, so where was I going with that? Oh, so I where I was going was that I like to get things done ahead of time. Because the more I get done now, the more time and essence I'll have in the future. But really, I end up just filling that time with more stuff rather than actually taking the break. So the lesson I've learned by putting it in the drawer and then really evaluating when is it actually due helps me. From there, I'll only work on a piece of those things maybe every day. Maybe I only get to one project that week. Well, that's okay because the other three projects aren't due until two months from now. Um, allowing myself that grace has been a huge changing point and has made me switch from feeling like a failure every day to, I had these 12 things on my list that needed to get done. And I got a quarter of one thing done. When you approach your day like that, you always feel like you're failing. I've learned. Um, so now knowing that this was all I had planned on doing, sometimes it requires me having a timeline. Sometimes it requires me not. It requires me to just be like, this is the work I have for this week. Let's figure out how it gets done. Whatever doesn't get done by the end of the week, well, it didn't need to. So it's going to roll over to the next week. It'll still be there. Um, another skill that um, that really helps me with the reflecting piece of my work is and my speech therapist, Jen Freeburn. She also has an episode about fatigue on our podcast. Um, she taught me this one was that, you know, she she taught me about blocking time which 
when I was in speech therapy, it was very early. Um, you know, she was my first real therapist after my visiting nursing um, therapist. She was also great. I think her name was Rachel, but I'm going to slaughter that. She was amazing, though. She was seriously stepping outside of herself and what she would normally do in a visiting nurse association with a stroke visit. Um, you know, she was used to older people that couldn't swallow that are having a hard time speaking. And I was not that person. I was speaking too much. Um, I just couldn't string together coherent thoughts very well. Um, so she really, really stepped outside of herself and helped me. Unfortunately, she was so early in my journey that I don't remember. Robin was her name, not Rachel Robin. Um, I don't remember a lot about it um, because I was just, it was too early. You guys get that. Um, so by the time I got to outpatient speech, that was Jen Freeburn. And she taught me this skill of blocking my time. And I was early enough in it that I was still thinking very rigidly, very black and white, very you do it this way and this is the only way that's right. You don't do it this way, that's wrong, that's the only way that's wrong. Um, so I literally thought she meant, which she didn't mean, but I literally thought she meant that I needed to take my schedule every day and decide that this activity will take me one hour and that's all I give it. And then this activity will give take this amount of time. So by doing it that way, I was feeling like a constant failure because nothing took me an hour. Things that used to take me hours, an hour, now take me six. So I had to move on from that um, kind of rigid construct of how I thought she taught me. And Joanne helped me realize that maybe we need to stop blocking time and just reflecting on how long things take you. So just whatever you're working on, write down what it is you're working on. Like I'll just quickly say like wound review because um, I have to review a lot of hospital acquired wounds. Totally different thing. Any nurses out there are feeling me on this one. It's a pain in the ass. But anywho, um, I would write down wound review and then I'll just start doing it. I'll note the start time. I have a rough idea in my head that, okay, at noon I have a meeting, so I need to be done, you know, at least 15 minutes before that, so I have time to rest or prep or whatever. Um, and I'll give myself that time to do it and just see how long. And I was finding that I would plan in a day to do a wound review, two fall reviews, rounding on 64 patients, and how many nurses would that be? Uh, like 20 some odd nurses. And I expected to be able to get that all done in an eight hour shift. Well, I found wound reviews take me six hours. Fall reviews take me anywhere from two to six hours. Rounding takes four hours. So for me to think I could do all of that in one day, of course I'm going to feel, you know, I, I could never do it. I could never meet. It was an unrealistic expectation. And by putting that all down on paper really helped me realize that, which allowed me off the hook a little bit and helped me to stop feeling so darn guilty that I wasn't doing enough and I couldn't get enough and I wasn't productive and all the things that I know all of you hear all the time. So whew, that was a lot of word vomit. Um, so that's another lesson that I've been learning. Um, I've also been learning the art of not forcing it. Um, you know, even for this episode, I woke up, I've been having trouble sleeping again, and I swear I'll, I'll share more about my um, where I'm at because that might help some of you too. Um, I've been having trouble sleeping. So I wake up and I watch movies and all this great stuff and get 
you know, listen to the amazing podcast. And I start shooting them out to everyone like, hey, you would really benefit from this. You should listen to it too. Like it really helped me. It would help you. And it comes from a good place, right? Like I just want to reach out and help people. But no one else is, you know, not able to sleep at four in the morning and needing a bunch of little extra things to do with their day. Um, That's just me. That's my experience. So even now, like through this hard episode that I'm going through, I'm realizing that I'm trying to force it a lot. I'm trying to force moments like listen to this podcast. Let's have a moment. You know, this morning it was Mariah. Hey, like, I really feel like I need to do a show. How about you drop everything? You know, I don't know where you're at, but how about you drop everything and we can do a show together? Well, no, (laughs) that's just not the way it works. If I need to do a show, I'll freaking do a show by myself. Um, And I can't expect other people to just drop it all. Um, So really not forcing it with my superhuman brain injury strength has been um, a skill. And, you know, brain injury strength brings about a whole other point. And I apologize for anyone if I'm going too fast. I feel like I'm rattling. Um, So brain injury strength is something of an oxymoron, right? Like, I feel like a lot of us probably think we have absolutely no strength. We've been robbed, you know, from our physical abilities, mental um, uh, health, you know, depression, anxiety. We've been robbed from feeling stable. We've been robbed from relationships a lot of the times because brain injury changes so many relationships. Um, You know, we just come from this place of feeling like we've lost so much that to say that brain injury is a strength, I think, is probably a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow and not one that I have been able to swallow very well. I'm still choking on it. Um, But it is true. Um, There's there's these opportunities in hardship where you can just see the beauty. And if you if you need more help understanding what that means. I just watched the most beautiful movie besides maybe I Am Sam and some other ones that I'm not thinking of right now called Collateral Beauty. And it's really about finding, you know, seeing the beauty in the hard times in life. Not that it replaces it, not that it makes it better, not that it makes your grief any less. It doesn't even justify your grief. It's just the fact that you can acknowledge that two things can um, exist together, that you can have something horrible happen, but also still see good in humanity or see that beautiful sunset or see, you know, it might not even be physically seeing things. It might be that you feel the worst you've ever felt, but yet you're still happy. (laughs) It's it's those weird like dichotomies and oxymorons that you have. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's something that I never really took much stock of before. And I think, having a near-death experience has really helped me open up to the fact that, yeah, crap happens, and it doesn't happen for a reason, which is what I always thought. I always thought, you know, there's some predestined plan that on on it for Aaron said, okay, you're going to have meningitis when you're 12. You're going to have a fever that no one can ever figure out when you're in college. You're going to have a brain injury when you're a career woman. Like, these are just the things you have to have to be a good human. I don't, I don't really think that that's the case anymore. And that's, I'm still grappling if that's what I really think. But, you know, I think the opportunity exists in all those things to find the good and to find the bad. (laughs) Um, Not everything in your injury is good. A lot of it sucks and it hurts really, really bad. And that's okay. 
it's okay to have these existing things that seem like they're in opposition to each other. Because I think, really, they're not. Really, it's just, it's being freaking human. <laughs> um, I mean, we're we're meant to exist in these worlds of just having to be flexible. And you just kind of roll with it. You have lots of things going on. I mean, look at our world right now. Like, there's so much crazy crap that if I took the time to listen to the news, I would be depressed all day, every day, because all you ever hear is bad, bad, bad. But does that mean there's nothing good? Does that mean that I don't have nieces who love me and who I love them, and I don't have godchildren that I can, you know, fortunately are close enough to me that I can play with at any time I want? Like, no, there's still good stuff out there. So I just, I challenge everyone to look for that collateral beauty. Um, and I'll put the um, the name of the movie in the show notes. Um, it's on Netflix right now. It's with Will Smith and Edward Norton and Kate Winslet. Amazing cast. Um, there's other people in it that are big names. I just don't know a lot of big names. So I know I recognized a lot of people in it though. Um, and it's just, it's an amazing movie and had a really great message and great idea of how to deal with things that are so hard, like the passing of time, love, and death. Um, so if you need, <laughs> that sounds awful, and death. Um, but if you need to get all the feels and have a good cry like I did this morning, then uh, go watch that. So again, that's a should. I'm not telling anyone what they should do. I'm just offering resources. Um, side note, you're going to notice this, um, recording sounds a little bit different. I don't have myself locked in my recording den with no dog and windows closed and no fan because it's hot outside and it's one of our last days of summer in New England. A lot of people refuse to call September summer, but I hang on to it because summer doesn't end till the end of September and everyone jumps right to fall as soon as Labor Day happens, and I am not that person. So anyway, it's a nice day. So I have the windows open. You might hear like crickets and bugs and people outside walking by and horns honking and motorcycles and my dog barking. My husband's going to come home at some point with some of our favorite Sunday morning food. So just putting that out there. Um, Totally forget why I went there. Oh, I need a sip of my drink. So just a second, my CBD drink. All right. So yes, I'm human. I take drinks. And there's my dog and probably my husband coming home or barking at another dog going by. Because again, beautiful summer day. So um, I promised you I would talk about where I'm at with my brain injury journey. Um, I think it's important to be vulnerable and to not always appear put together. I know I struggled with that editing a lot of these episodes. I listened to all these survivors who we're really rocking it in life. Like, you know, they've come so far. They've done so much. Like, like especially Joe and Mariah's episode, like I was in tears because I felt like a total um, failure. Because I'm like, here they are. They're butterflies. They're flying around. They're doing great. And I suck. <laughs> I don't measure up to that. I'm not there. I don't feel that. I know I should and I don't. Again, it was an ego thing. Like, I should be this way. I should figure it out. Why haven't I done it by now? Well, you know, they're, they've been brain injury survivors much longer than me. Mine was May 2020. Now it's September 2021. So what is that? I don't know, over a year, but I don't know how far we can't do math this quick. Um, anyhow, I'm going to be distracted. It's a year and three months. This is my craziness. A uh, year and four months, actually. 
So yeah, I'm a year and four months out and I'm expecting myself to be in the same place as someone who's almost three years and someone who, I don't know how long Joe is, but it's been a long time. He's an old guy. Um, haha, Joe. Uh, so I want to be vulnerable with where I'm at because maybe that'll help somebody else who feels like they're totally not rocking this. Um, cause I am not rocking this right now. Um, I don't know why, but um, just a quick rehab of my injury. I, in May 2020, May 11th, 2020, was just coming off of um, working on the floors um, for COVID. I am a nursing leader, but I got pulled so that I could do bedside nursing because I don't know if you guys remember, but the hospitals were pretty overwhelmed. Um, this is my plug. Get that freaking vaccine. I don't care about your excuses. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That sounds very heartless. I respect everybody's choice. Um, I really do. I honestly do. But I, I think that this is a good opportunity to be able to do something with a situation that for so long we haven't been able to do anything with. Regardless of that bunny trail, um, I don't want to have to go back to the bedside. So that's that's why I'm bringing this up so that you guys can all take care of yourselves so that you don't have to come see me. Um, anywho, so I had been working bedside. I finally got back to my regular job, was only in it for a couple weeks, um, highly stressed. Um, I don't, again, <laughs> working in healthcare through COVID, if anyone had to do that, it was the most stressful time, still is the most stressful time. Everybody's breaking. Um, we're having a lot of trouble finding staff because people don't feel like they have any more to give. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to judge, but I think, we had a hard time, really hard time getting through it. And I don't fault anyone that's feeling like they're breaking right now. Um, there are ways through it and there are ways to build yourself up. So if you feel like you need to quit nursing, I get it. But there are ways through it because I felt I needed to quit and now I don't. Um, so if you need help on that front, hit me up. You know how to find me. Uh, regardless. So I have this very stressful time in my life. I came home and started kickboxing and felt the worst headache of my life. And a lot of people that have not had a brain injury are like, oh, I've probably had that then. No, no, you have not. You know it's something horribly, horribly wrong. Um, there was no doubt in my mind that I needed emergency services and I needed help now. Um so fast forward, long story short, I had a near-death experience where I got to see my husband and choose my husband and, and my dog and my family and my nieces and my friends and everybody over death. I felt like I had that opportunity to choose that, and here I am living. Um, I had a subarachnoid hemorrhage. They don't know why. Um, the best theory is that a vein blew up. Um, I didn't have the normal sources, which are aneurysm, AVM, which is an arterial venous malformation, birth defect of the vessels in your brain, um, or and I didn't have a tumor. So they really don't know why I had it. I have the least common form of subarachnoid hemorrhage, um, and most people that get it are in their 50s, male, with high blood pressure, not living a healthy life, smokers. Um, none of that is me. Clearly, I don't identify as a man, and I never have been one. Um, so yeah, I don't know why this crazy thing happened. And I think from what I'm hearing, I don't meet a lot of people that don't know why their brain blew up. Um, from what I'm hearing, a lot of people, it's pretty mild. They don't have a lot of side effects for a long time. They can pick back up, move along. Um, I have not been that. Uh, you know, things were, things were cut and go for me for a little bit. Looking at my scans, you know, there was some sign of midline shift, which for anyone that is 
uh, medically minded, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you don't want to have the middle of your brain shifted over and not have room. Um, you know, brain herniation and all that sort of stuff happens next. So, and I may be oversimplifying that. Maybe it wasn't. Um, again, neurology has not been my thing. We don't have a strong, I'm not from a strong neurology department or from a strong neurology background. I've just never worked in that field. Um, but it, how I read it is it was pretty bad for me um, with this type of bleed, and I continue to have issues. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash makingheadway to learn more. Make sure to use special code makingheadway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash makingheadway to get started. That's M-O-T-U-S-N-O-V-A dot com slash making headway. So, uh, yeah, just continuing the quick recap so that you understand where I am now. I initially, after my brain injury, was just sent home, didn't have any services, just told to figure it out. You're going to have some pain. Go slow. Big deal. We'll have a neurosurgery follow up. Um, You should be fine um, in a few weeks. So that wasn't the case. I was super, manic is the wrong word and I always use it and I shouldn't. I was hyperactive is the right word. I was hyperactive and not sleeping for at least a month, maybe more. I was out of work for four months. I started going back to work in September. It took me two months until um, November of 2020 to get to full time. And then I started struggling. Well, then we started the podcast. Um, That was in like October of 2020. And we were really starting to roll with it November, December, January, um, really heavily getting into it. But I was falling into a deep depression. Um, I have no idea if you guys can tell that I listen to the episodes and feel wow, (laughs) like she sounds so sad. Um, Because I was I was very, very depressed. And for the first time in my life, I had death on the table as an option, that if I needed to live like this, I was never suicidal, I was never going to kill myself, but it was an option on the table, that if I need to live like this, it why is it worth being alive? Like, why was I spared, and why 
am I alive to have to live like this? <laughs> this is not a way to be. I can't be this low all the time. And fortunately, you know, I've had many caregivers on my path. I've already mentioned my life coach and my speech therapist, which speech only lasted into November. Um, but I also have a mental health therapist that I meet with every other week. I meet with my coach on the off week. So every week I'm talking to someone about my mental health and planning and moving forward. Um, I have a neurologist. I have a primary care doctor. I have a neurooptometrist. Um, who else is in it? I have a great support system of family and friends. Um, I have the best husband in the world. Troy is absolutely amazing, and I think he knows how much he does, but I don't think he knows how much he does um, from another standpoint, if that makes any sense. Um, so I, I have it great. I have, you know, so many great people in my life. So, you know, I built this team to help dig me out of my hole, and by August, everything was really starting to click. So we're at August 2021 now. Um, so it was a long time of being dark and deep and depressed. Um by August, I was really starting to build up and feel better. And all the um, strategies that I talked about that I was using, the prioritizing, the putting things in the drawer, the blocking out my time, although I don't like that term, don't really know how else to call it, reflecting on my time, reflecting on how I'm using my time, all of that um, really started to work. And I started gaining my confidence back because um, I don't know if anyone else feels this, but when you're super depressed, you have zero self-esteem, at least me. Um, I felt like I was the poop that was on the planet and everyone walked through me and wanted to wipe me off of their shoe as fast as they could, is how it felt, to be quite honest. Um, so basically everything started feeling a lot better. And then I've noticed my hyperactivity returning. So getting all my brain injury symptoms, um, headaches, headaches after working out. Um, a new symptom I didn't have with brain injury is like a buzzing and burning in my skin. Um, I have no energy for anything as much as my brain tells me I have energy for everything. Um, very hard uh, to deal with my impulse control right now. So I apologize for everyone in my inner circle that's getting crazy text messages. They're not crazy. They're just frequent. Um, I don't think I'm crazy. Um, my healthcare team, it, you know, my primary care doctor is not being very supportive at the moment and having a hard time listening. Um, my neurologist is thinking this isn't brain injury. So, you know, I'm trying to search for what else is causing this um, trouble with managing my emotions, managing my hyperactivity. And, you know, I'm just now getting to the point of um, finding a functional neurologist. If anyone is interested in what that is, we have an episode about that. Um, I can't remember her name, but I'll put it in the show notes. I'm so bad with my memory. Dr. Gabriella, I think her name is. Um, she's a functional neurologist. I'm not seeing her, but I'm trying to find someone like that because whether it's brain injury or not, I'm not right. And I need to get to the bottom of that. So, you know, I'm just being um, as graceful as I can. I've asked, you know, those in my inner circle to put a check on me that if I'm going to woohoo, that they pull me back and um, let me know that I need to take a break. Um, my coworkers were great with doing that on Friday and I took the afternoon off because I, I needed it. And I really appreciate people saying that. 
Um, so that's where I'm at. And I will let, you know, maybe let you guys know <laughs> how things go with functional neurology. Um, Mariah and I, this is not an end-all be-all episode by any means. Um, we just are not um, as frequent with how we're posting. Not sure what the future is going to be for a frequency of posting um, shows. We're still figuring all that out. So I promise we'll be getting back to you with some sort of answers, um, the two of us together. So this pretty much sums up what I wanted to say. There were a few resources for anyone that is looking for resources. I've found a few things that have been really helpful. Um, Coaching for Leaders is a great podcast. Even if you're not a leader, it just helps with how you should how you should see there's that bad word. It just provides conversations on different ways to approach life. Um, so I love that podcast. It's with Dave Stahoviak, I think is how you say his last name. He's excellent. Um, many, many episodes. They're at like 500, 600 something. And they have a website that if you just type in um, the topic, you can find how to get to um, whatever it is that you're looking for. And at the end, the other thing that's nice is at the end of each show, they have, if you like this show, check out this one, this one, this one, this one. So that's kind of nice. It gives you... Um, a good way to listen. You don't have to listen start to finish. You can start wherever you want. Every show's different. Um, another great podcast that I've been loving, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, is We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Glennon is secretly my best friend. I don't think she knows, but um, she is. She wrote Untamed. So for anybody looking for like a, a power female power trip, and just another great way to look at life, that's a good one to go to. Um, lastly, I have two movies. I mentioned Collateral Beauty, and then the other one is The Upside with Kevin Hart. Um, the beautiful thing with The Upside that I think a lot of brain injury survivors can attest to is for those of us with um, changed abilities after our, um, our whatever injury it was, especially those that have some physical changes now. Um, this one really helps kind of highlight that it sucks so bad, but there's this thing called collateral beauty. Um, you can also find like the good in it too. So the upside with Kevin Hart's great and collateral beauty again, Will Smith, Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, amazing cast, amazing movie. It's just a great time. So that's really all I have for you guys. Hopefully this turned out okay and makes it out of our recording studio and into real life. Um, if it does, I welcome you guys all to hit me up on Instagram at Erin, E-R-Y-N underscore making headway podcast on Instagram. That is really the only way I communicate. Uh, we do have a making headway page on Facebook, but quite honestly, that's not my favorite platform, and I don't really use it, and Mariah doesn't either. So um, do hit me up, uh, and uh, for now, yeah, this is Erin signing out for Making Headway Podcast. Bye. Hey, everyone. In case you're wondering what Erin and I do for a living, it's not podcasting. I work in marketing, Erin's a nurse, and this is just a side project that we love. We really do enjoy doing this, and we've enjoyed being part of the community and building up a group of listeners. You guys probably don't even realize how much you help us out uh, just by supporting us. If you were looking to do a little bit extra, 
Uh, we would love to have your ratings on Apple or whichever podcasting service that you use. Or if you hear us talk about a product on the podcast, we do include those links to Amazon in our show notes on our website. Your purchase after you click on the link just gives us a tiny little kickback. Nothing much, but it helps us pay our bills. And if you are thinking, well, this isn't enough, we want to do a little bit more on our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. We have a donation page. Any proceeds we receive, we give 10% to our favorite brain injury nonprofit of the moment. So if you are looking to do a little bit more, that would be a great way to support us. Again, we appreciate you guys oh so much. Thanks so much for your time and your ongoing support. We love our listeners and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean. Bye.